Good morning, New Covenant, and Merry Christmas. I hope you've had an amazing day yesterday with your family and your friends. And I'm so glad you've made uh, worship an important part of your, of your day today. Over the last month, we've been sharing that, that, that the events that take place in our lives, although we have no control over them, Jesus offers us four gifts. Those four that we've looked at are hope, peace, joy, and love. And if you embrace those four gifts, no matter what variant your season may be, Jesus provides stability and hope and joy and love and peace. Uh, the passage we're going to look at this morning is Galatians 4, verses 4 to 7. And it says this, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but you're a son. And since you're a son, God has made you also his heir. So the question I want to pose is, how is the birth of a baby in a manger over 20 centuries ago relevant to the fears and the changes of today? The good news is that this is not the first time Christmas has come in hard times, not by a long shot. So in this passage when it says, when the fullness of time had come, or when time had fully come, it means just at the right time, at the perfect time. So what did that look like? In the first century... Roman Empire, up to half of all children died before they were the age of 10. Analysis of bones from Palestinian tombs found leprosy, tuberculosis, tapeworms among the parasite. It was not uncommon for there to be parasites, malaria, lead poisoning, gum disease, tooth decay. All that were common. The amazing thing to me is there's just a tiny fraction of the population at that time were made up the elites. The rest were just the majority of people were just making it from day to day, working for someone, not for themselves. Most lived at a subsistence level, constantly in danger of hunger, of starvation if their crops failed. Tax burdens were enormous. A debtor and his family could be tortured and imprisoned, sold into slavery just to, uh, to make up for their debt. And add to that, sexual immorality was horrific, which included women, slaves, and children. Just spiritual confusion reigned. People looked anywhere and everywhere just trying to find hope. Not to mention the entire nation was under the hated Roman Empire, constant unrest. And yet, God's word declares, just at the perfect time, Jesus shows up. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus came into a world that was just as broken, just as troubled as ours is, just as conflicted, just as diseased, just as dangerous, if not even more so. And I dare not say we would all certainly not trade places with him. Difficult times are precisely why Christmas came at the way, the way it did. Jesus' birth was relevant then, and it's relevant now in three ways in this passage. So let's look at them. Your past, your present, and your future. 
First, your past, uh, it comes this way. Jesus came at Christmas, here it is, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption of sons. He came to redeem those under the law. The word redeem is interesting. It means, the, the word generally means to buy up, to buy all that is anywhere to be bought, and not to allow the suitable moment to pass by unheeded, but to make one's own, make it one's own. Now think about this. So Jesus comes to redeem, to pay the full price, to pay, to pay all that's necessary, not to allow a moment to pass by, but to make it his own. He pays the penalty for those under the law. So the question is, are you and I under the law? Who is under the law? Let me explain it this way. We live in a world based on transaction. I mean, think about it. We give, we get. We receive what we earn or what we deserve. We're hired and fired on our abilities and performance or lack thereof. We live in a cause and effect situation, relishing the days of success and wincing at the fact that we might fail. If not careful, we can apply that relationship, that transactional relationship, that transactional attitude towards our thinking about God. We think if we go to church, give God our money, spend enough time with Him in the morning, be happy, help people, if we can just sin less than sinning more, then we're good to go. Then God will love us more. That is what the New Testament calls as a transactional relationship And it means by living under the law of transaction. Well, what did Jesus do? He came at the very perfect time to redeem, to buy back, to pay for all for what's owed by those who are under the law or who are living with a transactional relationship. And notice this. Here's how he does it. He says, I want to take care of it so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, I know I've told you this before, but every time I come to this passage, I am overwhelmed with this, with this uh, history lesson. In the Roman Empire, a father could disown his bio- biological child for any reason at any time. For any reason for any, at any time. However, if he adopted a child, the child could never be disowned. Think about this. This is not just happenstance that he says he came to redeem those who are living under this law of give and get, of transaction, so that we might be adopted into his family. If he adopts us, we will never be disowned. This is incredible news for us. We're being adopted. In fact, John ten twenty seven puts it this way. Jesus calls us his sheep. He says, my sheep... That are my own, hear my voice, and they listen to me. I know them, they follow me, and I give them eternal life. They will never, ever, by any means, perish, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater and mightier than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one, in essence. And in nature. This is incredible news. 
Jesus has paid the price. He's paid the price for you to live in relationship with him so that you can be adopted into his family. So here is your past. He is offering you adoption into his family. That is a huge reason. No matter what kind of variant your particular season is in, Jesus says, I want you to be a part of my forever family. That's your past. Here's your present. Verse 6. Because you are sons, you've been adopted, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Think about this. You get to call the creator of the universe, the one who has always been, who pre-existed time, who pre-existed creation. You get to call him, as it says here, Abba, Father, which literally means Daddy. And the thing that's beautiful about this, it's in the present tense. Because you are sons, God has sent his spirit of his son into our hearts. He's living within us. Crying, it's in the present tense that we always have access to our daddy, to our father. So no matter what happens with the variant of your worst fears, God is your father. No matter what you've done, you are doing or will do, You've been adopted as his child, and you are totally loved unconditionally, and you have access to the creator of the universe, and you have such an intimate relationship with him that you get to call him daddy. So what does that mean? Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore, because we are children of God, adopted as his children, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may be able to receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. So the next gift he's offering us is this gift of saying, not only are you part of the family, but you can come into my presence at any time and call me daddy. So the question is, where do you need God's help today? Where do you need to call him daddy? Where do you need to crawl into his arms And allow him to hold you and to provide for you as a father cares deeply for his own child. The God who knows all and is all is full of love and mercy. And he gives best gifts to his family. I heard it put this way. Our father has left the door open of the oval office of the universe. Allowing us unhindered access. So the gift we look at provides three things. Your past, you've been forgiven and adopted. Your present, you have access, total access at any time to call him daddy. And then he closes with saying, and here's your future. You are no longer a slave, but you're a child of mine. You are a son. And if a son, then you are an heir through God. One day you will inherit eternity in paradise. We already are living in eternity. We're just waiting for him to return. But in Revelation 21, it says, One day he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death, no more pain, no more mourning, no more crying. For the former things of of life have passed away. You've been adopted by the creator of the universe And nothing separates you. And he has amazing plans for you now and for eternity. No variant of any sort can change those realities. So I close with this. You've got three options. 
in dealing with your past to be forgiven and adopted. Your present, you have access to God at any moment, any time. Call to him, Daddy. You get to come to him at any point. The door is open. And knowing that you can rest in your future, you're no longer a slave, but you are an heir of all that is to come. You have three options with those gifts. One, you can try to make life work apart from God and say, no, thank you. I'll make it on, try to make it on my own. That would be such a foolish and short-sighted decision. Two, you can embrace sin management philosophy and basically live in a transactional relationship with God and think falsely that you could do good enough and improve well enough that God would, be, would accept you. But that's not God's economy. God doesn't grade that way. He grades in relationship, not on performance. Or three, you can receive grace. The best way for us to respond to any variant that comes our way is to respond to him and say, Jesus, not only do I accept you in my life and I want to be a part of your family, but I also come to you at any given point. I'll come to you with whatever need I may have, and I'm trusting you with my, with my future. Here's the point. If Jesus would come where he did, when he did, he will come anytime to anyone. So here's how I would like for you to respond. It's found in John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those gifts, past, present, future, are just waiting for you to say, Jesus, thank you for providing that. Thank you for redeeming all of this for me. And I humbly and gratefully accept that. In fact, you might pray a prayer like this. Jesus, thank you for offering to forgive me. Thank you for offering to adopt me. And thank you for including me in your family forever. I receive these gifts and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My prayer is that you would realize it's never too late for you to turn to Jesus. It's never too late to run into his oval office of the universe. It's never too late to realize that all your life is taken care of, that he holds you in his hand, your past, your present, your future. Nothing can pull you out of God's hand, and he's here for you. On our Bible app, our reading plan, it's, it's called Merry and Bright, celebrating Christmas every day. It's a great uh, passage, you can find that in the notes section online, and I pray that God would bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas, New Cove.